The statistics are grim. One in five working moms say they've been passed over for an important assignment or for a promotion because they have children. And women who take even one year off to have kids come back to earn 40% less than their peers. Working moms outpace, outperform, and outwork their peers. So why don't companies make an effort to support working moms? And how can working moms advocate for themselves in the workplace and in their careers? Frankly, we're tired of asking for a seat at the table. It's time to make our own table, and we're going to talk about how. I'm Zabine Mirza, and this is Moms at Work. Friends and fans, welcome to another episode of Moms at Work. This is the official Jobs.Mom podcast. I'm your host, Zabine Mirza, and today we're talking about negotiation. And we've got a guest here with us today. She's a mother of three. Uh, dialing in from Boston, Michelle Picard, the executive director of negotiation training firm CoDev, associate fellow at Oxford University's negotiation program, author, editor of The First Move, a negotiator's companion, and co-author of the follow-up book recently released, available on Amazon, titled Mediation, Negotiation, by other moves, Michelle Picard. Hi, Sabine. Hello, everyone. So great to be here. Thank you. Well, thank you for for joining us. I mean, I am so impressed by your background. And more than that, I'm so impressed that you found time uh, to talk to me between the 87 things that you're working on. (laughs) So so first of all, talk to our viewer, uh, to our listeners, rather, a little bit about your background. What do you do? Where did you end up and how? Okay, so I started off my career in politics. I have a bachelor's degree in political science. I worked uh, for a senator in Wisconsin for a couple of years. And then I went to graduate school and studied uh, world religions. And after that, um, you know, sometimes life just brings opportunities our way. So I actually, after my world religions degree, I actually worked in fundraising (laughs) for about five years. And then I moved uh, to France and I worked for a French business school for nearly 20 years. And I was a head of their international uh, development. So I did, I negotiated a lot of international partnerships and worked um, with international students and did admissions and a whole bunch of things, anything that had to do with uh, international. And that was at a time when the French schools were internationalizing, so it was fabulous. I met lots of people from all over the world. And I think there I really built uh, a lot of my negotiation skills. And then I got into negotiation theory and training um, oh, about 20 years ago, so... I know it makes me seem so old, <laughs> but you're not, you're not at all. And you are so incredibly accomplished and you did all of this with three children, three children. Yeah. And it is, it's a, uh, you know, I think we negotiate with ourselves first and foremost before anything else, because we have to negotiate you know, who's doing what and how do we organize our time and how do you keep a full-time job? Because I had a full-time job while I was raising uh, my the three children uh, with my husband, of course, we both had full-time jobs. So we were negotiating with ourselves, <laughs> with each other, with the kids at school, um, with partners, uh, you know, all across the board. And so that's why we say like negotiation is just, it's 
everywhere. Yeah. So we're always negotiating, even if we don't think we're negotiating. And, you know, even though you were negotiating with yourself, you won that negotiation because you wrote not just one, but two books. So talk a little bit about the book, your inspiration. What is it about? Why is it important? So the first book uh, that you mentioned is the first move, A Negotiator's Companion, which uh, is a book that was translated from French. And I was the editor of that book. And I was really passionate about this book because it is a practical book for anybody uh, who needs a negotiation companion. And the idea is that we're all negotiating, as I said, if, whether we know it or not. And often we're negotiating instinctively without a method, you know, we're on the fly of our pants. And what, you know, what research has showed us is that when we have a method, when we prepare, when we have an, you know, some personal, roadmap to negotiate, we're actually much more effective. So this book is really like a roadmap uh, for negotiation. And it combines, um, you know, a lot of the theories that are coming from all over the world. So, uh, so I recommend uh, that book uh, for people who want to learn a little bit about negotiation and how to negotiate uh, reflectively. And then the second book on mediation is really, it's mediation in negotiation by other moves because mediation is on that negotiation spectrum. It's actually when negotiation takes place through a third party. It's when two people or, you know, many people can't negotiate together because of conflict. So we they ask a third party to intervene. And so there's a whole, you know, the set of skills is very similar, but there is a whole set of skills specific uh, to mediation. And when we see, you know, how much conflict and violence there is um, in, 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 you know, all around us, really. I mean, if we look at what's been happening over uh, the last uh, several years here and around the world, we see that we need to have alternative solutions uh, to settle our conflicts. So mediation is a great tool for that. That's fantastic. And you know what? What I love about you is that there is very little female representation in the negotiation and mediation space. Traditionally, it has been extremely male-dominated. It has been extremely patriarchal, extremely systemically built to exclude women, actually, because deals were made in the old boys club, right? Mm -hmm. Everyone who knew everyone. And you bring a phenomenal, phenomenal perspective that is a breath of fresh air and really um, an eye opener to everyone um, and anyone, whether it's about negotiation or not, the importance of having diverse perspectives mm -hmm. and thinking uh, and we talk about this all the time, even in other podcasts, we've talked about this, you know, diversity of thought and thinking. If everyone around you at work, at the table, looks like you, thinks like you, talks like you, you have a problem because you can't innovate, you can't find solutions, you can't solve problems. And women, especially, um, Michelle, really struggle in negotiations when you think about women in the workplace, whether it's about in the recruitment process, in an interview, negotiating a salary, fighting for a raise, resolving conflict, reporting sexual harassment, which the statistics were something like above 90% of women have reported being sexually harassed um, at some point at, at work, not just in their lives, at work. So Talk a little bit about, first, the common mistakes women make in negotiations at work. 
Well, oh, you said you, you've, you've covered a lot of things there, <laughs> Sabine. I just want to say um, it's great. And um, the negotiation field has opened up so much over the last decades. And so, you know, fortunately, I'm not alone. There are so many amazing uh, women researchers and women negotiators. And there's a lot of research and a lot of literature now on, you know, women in negotiating, uh, gender negotiations, gender in negotiation. And so, and, and also intercultural negotiation, because you covered a lot. You're right. The more uh, perspective that we can take into account, um, the more we're going to connect with other people and the more we're going to negotiate better. So um, I think, you know, you mentioned, um, you know, how important it is to, ha to have mixed teams. And we see that in negotiation, too. So, for example, we all have a different negotiation style. And if we're going to be negotiating as a team, it's great to mix those different styles. It's just in the same way in the workplace that the more diverse the teams are, the more creative, the more um, ideas and innovative ideas we can come up with. You talked about, um, you know, what are some of the mistakes? Um, well, I, I, I'm not, I, I think I would say, you know, for what research has shown with women negotiating is that women do have a particular style. Now, women is a long, big term, right? So I, I like to be really careful with that um, because I think we, all, I think there are certain characteristics to maybe a feminine negotiation and a masculine negotiation. So I may use these words women and men very loosely because, you know, some men may, some women may negotiate like men and some men may have negotiation characteristics What we would say is a women a feminine type of, of negotiation style. But one thing um, that that I personally see as a as a big difference is we see in negotiation it's very, very important to build relationships. It's very important to build relationships, it's very important to listen, right? I think this is one of the most important things in negotiation. And that connection that we build with another is really the basis of the trust that we can build, which is really important when we want to negotiate. So women tend to be very much in the connecting phase. And if we see a male style of negotiation tends to be rather a positioning, right? A very assertive uh, style. And so in the book, what we talk about is how important it is to balance these two. So in fact, so one, one mistake that any negotiator can make is to be too much on the connecting or what we say empathy side, too much listening without trying to convince or being assertive or being too much on the assertive side. So too much of one thing, you know, you hear the old adage, right? Too much of one thing isn't good. And I think it's true for negotiation. What we need in negotiation is to really listen and understand the other, connect with the other, and keep that connection while we're being assertive. And I know this is, you know, this is hard for some women. And I've, I've had that myself. I know that, um, you know, it took me a long time to be able to speak in public, regardless of all of my training and all of my degrees, it was really difficult. And then once I started doing it, I said, oh, wow, I'm, 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 I can do this. And so that's another aspect I think that a lot of us, if, we need to have confidence um, in ourselves. And, and that confidence, it doesn't just come out of thin air. So I'll kind of go back to one of the main tenets in the, the book. We build confidence 
through preparation. So the more we prepare for a negotiation, the more confident we will be, the more we'll be able to stand back and really be present with another, listen to that person, really connect, really care about what they're saying, take it in, and then being able to convince while keeping that connection and that empathy high. Yeah. So that makes sense. So it's a lot of work. No, it <laughs> makes it makes total sense. And you know what? Good negotiators are able to understand when to deploy, you know, quote unquote masculine tactics versus mm-hmm. feminine tactics. And I think women are very good at reading the room. Yeah. Yeah. But where we struggle a lot is that confidence where we negotiate with yeah. ourselves to say, mm, I don't know, I don't think it's going to work. Um, but that we are our biggest hindrance, right? Because we have some of the skills that you train for, you know, hours and days to get into yeah. negotiators, but women have this innately. And so we have some real strengths. Michelle, talk a little bit about the strengths so this, I think one of you, you asked, you know, what makes a good negotiator? And I would say one of the key skills to be a good negotiator is empathy, is listening, is really being present, understanding the other and really trying, trying to understand the other with all of one's attention. And, and like you said, reading a room, I think and that means really being present and being um really trying to be in empathy with where the other person is coming from. I think women tend to be very good at that. We tend to be very good at connecting with others and really caring about the relationship. And this is essential because if we want to really be able to build a trustful relationship with someone, we need to really care and we need to really care about that relationship. So I think that's a really good thing. Um, and, And you're right. I think, Sometimes we care so much about the relationship that we forget about ourselves, right? And so this is the thing. And so, for example, if we prepare ahead of time and maybe just jotting down things that we don't want to forget, because what often happens when we're focusing so much on the other person or the relationship, we forget about what's important to us. And so it's very important before starting that conversation, before really engaging the other, that we have a very clear idea of what we need out of that negotiation. We have a clear, very clear idea of what our particular skills are or strengths are. If, you know, for example, if it's a, a recruitment interview, we need to know, we need to really f- jot down and be very clear about the, the different messages we want to communicate and make sure that we keep that list near us so that we don't get lost in the conversation and we forget to say those very important things about us um, that otherwise we, you know, we may be shy about. And I think that's another thing. This is another thing I I noticed um, with sometimes that women in general can do is we question ourselves, which is fantastic, right? I mean, can you imagine if people don't question themselves ever? Um, you know, how would anything get done? How would we innovate? How would we, you know, move forward? But that questioning can work against us as well. We need to, at the same, so that's where preparation comes in, where we can really prepare ourselves so that we, you know, are open to suggestions, but we're not constantly questioning whether we're right or we're wrong because we've actually prepared and we, 
we have a clear idea of what we're talking about. Yeah, and that's 100% correct. You know, a lot of our anxiety and fear around a negotiation is built from the, is is born from the uncertainty, right? What's going to happen? What are they going to say? What should I say? You can eliminate that by preparing, create an agenda, Mm -hmm. you know, list your talking points, talk about your rebuttals, talk about, you know, questions and points and demands that you have that you want to make. What are your asks, right? Um, And, you know, preparation is so critical um, for women. And, you know, I always, before every meeting, whether it's a negotiation or not, whether it's a phone call, an email, even if it's on like a little scrap of paper, I'll scribble down just so I don't forget in the hecticness of the call or the anxiety or the nerves of the call, what are the points that I want to talk about? I create a small agenda, right? I don't have to print it out. I don't have to make it fancy. Um, but this is this is useful in all sorts of scenarios and especially for women at work right? Let's talk Mm -hmm. about negotiating at work. Workplace Mm -hmm. politics, discrimination, conflict with colleagues and managers, negotiating a salary. What advice would you give for women and moms that are re-entering the workforce in terms of their negotiation position? So the when I when I think of the the workplace, there are, we have a lot of relationships with colleagues. Um, we have a lot of relationships with colleagues who are on the same level as us, who are at different levels. And what's what's really important, you know, like anything, we want to build relationships. We want to build relationships with people. And, and in a way, you know, in negotiation jargon, we would say we want to build coalitions. The more relationships, good relationships that we have with people on our level on a higher level, on a lower level, the more we're building that coalition. So if there is some kind of tension or conflict or problem, we have that base of relationships we can turn to. So that's, I think that's really, really important is to build one's own uh, coalition and building good, trustful relationships with, uh, with colleagues, um, you know, on many different levels. Also, I think when, when a conflict comes, I think it's really important to nip it in the bud. Don't let it fester, right? Because um, when conflict starts, you know, it's like a snowball, right? That's going down a, a hill. Um, it can get bigger and bigger and bigger. And, and so in work, sometimes we are hesitant to name something. If somebody does something that we're not happy about, we, we can let, we sometimes say, oh, well, for the sake of the relationship, we'll let it slide. And my advice would be, don't let it slide. Talk about it in a very, you know, open and respectful way, but don't let little things slide because then, um, then things can easily get unmanageable. And I, you know, I've had that my myself too. And also I think when we are, you know, and I think the book that we just came out with, Mediation, is also really helpful in the workplace, too, because we're often mediating between uh, colleagues or our staff. And so to have an idea of what it means to be a mediator can be very helpful, too, because if two people in our team are fighting um, and we have a little bit of knowledge of what does it mean to facilitate uh, a conversation or to facilitate a negotiation, we can do that more smoothly to try to have um, you know, more smoothness in the, in the team. Yeah, and I love that. I think that's so important for so many women that are listening, especially post-COVID, Michelle, how many women were pushed out 
of the workforce and, and now are trying to find their legs back in. And, you know, the two takeaways that you're saying is, you know, be prepared, right? Mm-hmm. Be prepared with your talking points, the things that you want. Don't undersell yourself. Don't, yes. you know, don't undermine your own or sabotage your own value, right? And the second thing was don't shirk away from conflict because the word mm-hmm. you West, you used was fester, which is yeah. exactly right because the conflict becomes an infection and it yeah. spreads. And, you know, you don't want that. A lot of the largest conflicts could have been solved if they were addressed when they were very small. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and that's just keeping up the, the dialogue, right? And it's, uh, and it's also, you know, we learn... We learn to build relationships, and this is what's really important for negotiation: is how are we building these relationships? And and I agree that we don't want to undersell. We don't neither want to be you know very aggressive or pushing too much. You know, negotiation is you know if you think of negotiation between you know pushing one one's pushing their agenda, and I'm trying to pull in someone else's agenda. So you have this push and pull, and and Negotiation is really an area that's kind of in between. It's neither pushing or pulling. It's really a dialogue between two people. So, you know, and it's not easy for us to to balance being really listening to someone and then also being able to convince. But, and, you know, and I think the, if we think about it, most most of us, most women, I think of myself, are pretty empathetic, right? And when we think about it, we 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 have children. We're in complete empathy with our children all the time, and just think that can be a detriment. We can't always be in empathy, um, but we can keep that empathetic feeling even when we're trying to convince. So even when we are saying no, we are in empathy with the way we're saying no. Right. Um, so, so it's not like we have to abandon what's natural to us or what what um, what is good for us, and that's that high connectivity, yeah, that high empathy. But to to kind of move it into the, you know, assertive right. part of it where we don't undersell, because I think what you said there is really important. And I I can think of myself in many situations where I'm in a big room with people. I, I'm, just, I'm thinking of something uh, that happened a couple of years ago. I was in a you know a couple of years ago, right? So <laughs> meaning that we can always learn. Um, and we're a bunch of very impressive people in the room. And I had a hard time presenting myself. And I remember one of the women, a very lovely woman, who said to me, you know, so many women have a hard time with that. They have a hard time, like, presenting themselves in a way where they really put themselves forward. That's right. And so that's a skill that we need to we need to work on. And so I've worked on that a lot. And, and so I'm much more comfortable. You know, not in it. Of course, there's a fine line between putting oneself too forward so that one looks pushy, but putting oneself forward in, in a in the way that is neither pushy nor uh, underselling. So, you know, really just being who you are without, um, yeah, without being snobby or haughty or. Right. And you should never apologize for who you are. You should not apologize for having children, for being a mother, for being out of the workplace to raise kids. And you know what, you know, what you said is so important. You have to learn to say no, but we have to learn how to say it. So a lot of things, a lot of times, instead of saying a hard no, I'll say things like, 
I'm not sure I agree with that. Right. Yeah. I'm not sure I agree with that. Right. Or I'll say things like, you know what, I'm not sure that makes sense for this scenario. Or I'll say, I'm not sure how that's relevant. And I put the onus back on them instead of on me. And I invite more of a dialogue than to slam a door and to say no. And this is this is something that you can use when you're in an interview and they ask you, do you have children? They would never ask my husband if he has kids. Why are they asking me yeah. if I have children, right? And And I would say things like, I'm not sure that's relevant. You know, I would like to talk about my experience at and bring it back to something that is on brand, on target, on focus, um, which which brings me to my last point, Michelle. Mm-hmm. We talked about what makes a good negotiator for women specifically, as you know, so many of my listeners are listening to you and being inspired by you as they prepare to, to get back to work. Mm-hmm. What advice would you give for them uh, to become better negotiators? How can they actively practice well, believe me, Sabine, they're already practicing. <laughs> they're practicing every day um, negotiating. So, you know, and again, if I go back to, to what I w- was saying about, I think we learn as negotiators when we observe ourselves and when we're able to step back and say, okay, what did I, what did I do here? You know, when we think of any... Uh, any type of negotiation, you know, even our children asking us for something. So we step back and just say, okay, you know, what what did I do here? What worked? What didn't work? And myself, I had a, a little mediation situation going on just yesterday when my two sons um, were fighting and I, I watched it. And later I said, okay, you know, we have to have a talk. Um, instead of saying, you know, I'm not happy with you doing this, that, I said, okay, I asked questions. So so what do you think happened here, <laughs> right? And then they have to look at me and I say, oh, so why do you think this, why do you think they acted like this? Or what did you do that could have happened, that could have pushed the other one to have said this? So I was just asking all kinds of questions. And in fact, they were able to basically solve their own conflict themselves without me enforcing any, you know, typical rule. And and so I think, and I step, you know, and I wanted to step back and think, okay, well, how do I approach this? How did I approach it in the past? And I thought, okay, in the past, I would just get mad and say, you know, <laughs> and just say, you know, you're not going to do, you're not going to take the car tomorrow because I, I don't want to hear, see this kind of fighting and blah, blah, blah. And I thought that's, that's not going to work as effectively as if you make someone question. So it's about stepping back and saying, okay, how am I like a negotiator? What do I do when I'm negotiating with someone? How prepared am I? Have I thought about what I really want? Have I thought about who the other person is? What's important to them? What kind of questions do I need to ask? Yes. And have I asked the right questions? And what kind of information do I need? What kind of information do I need to share? So it's really just stepping back and saying, okay, how do I usually act in a negotiation? What kinds of things can I do? to make it better in terms of preparation. And so preparing, meaning making sure I'm understanding what's really important to me, what may be important to the other, which I will ask during the negotiation to make sure. Uh, Preparing some questions I need to ask, preparing what information I can share. Um, And 
preparing like different uh, criteria. So, and this is really important because the more, for example, if we're going to go and buy a car, we want to look in the Kelly Blue Book. We want to make sure that we have an idea of what the price range is so we're not taken advantage of, right? And the more prepared we are, the more confident we can be that we're that we are asking for something that is reasonable and actually get a good deal. That's right. So preparation is really important. And then within the negotiation itself, when you are, you know, how do you just think about yourself? How do you approach the negotiation? Are you more of a listener? Are you more comfortable speaking? Um, are you very attentive to details? Are you um, more interested in solving problems really quickly, or are you more interested in thinking about all kinds of solutions? And how can you work with that? Yeah. So it's really just trying to get an idea of how you negotiate and then trying to reinforce what's working and then maybe get some new ideas for maybe what can work better. And I love that. And I think especially not just for women that are returning back to work and for women to negotiate in the workplace, but for companies and, and sales and account managers that are negotiating, this is such an important learning. And this is something I talk about all the time. You know, deal making now is all about ease, access, trust, and that you solve a problem. And, you know, relationships are important, but that's not what's going to close the deal, right? What's going to close the deal is, as you mentioned, helping them to come to the understanding that they have a problem, that you have a solution to. You are not the enemy, but rather you're a partner, right? You're a partner. And this immediately shifts the entire dynamic and the environment in which you're having that conversation, right? And yeah. I think that is so important. So Michelle, before you go, tell our viewers... I keep saying viewers because I imagine that they can watch me tell our listeners where where they can get your last book, uh, your latest book, Mediation, Negotiation by Other Moves. Yeah. yeah so these two, so the two books, the Mediation, um, Negotiation by Other Moves, and the first book, uh, The First Move, are both available on Amazon. Uh, so you can get them on Amazon, either as a hard copy or an ebook. Fantastic. And I will also share uh, in the episode description, Michelle's social media handles, her various websites. So you can also please feel free to follow Michelle. I'll also share a link to her most incredible uh, latest uh, piece of work. Um, a mother of three kids, associate fellow at Oxford, executive director and at CoDev, and now author of not one, but two books. So you technically have five kids uh, Michelle, not three. <laughs> yes, you are absolutely right. Yeah, <laughs> Michelle. And the negotiation never, never ends. It never <laughs> ends. Never ends. Michelle Picard, thank you so much for being here today. Okay, thank you so much, Sabine, and good luck and happy negotiations to all of our listeners. Thank you so much. So again, that was Michelle Picard. If you'd like to pick up a copy of her book, check the episode description. We will have shared the Amazon links. Also, follow Michelle uh, on social media. Check out her website. And of course, follow us at jobs.mom for all podcast updates and content. Until next time, stay safe, stay sane, stay healthy, and practice negotiating with your kids. I'm Zabine Mirza and this was Moms at Work. 
follow us on social media. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and check out more episodes at jobs.mom slash moms at work.